We stand together. The tent up in the gym and we taped it all down to seal it all up, put a treadmill in it and just put loads of like allergen heaters in there to heat it up. We just, yeah, throwing all these heaters in there. We are lost. Steve O'Connor so thank you very much for all the amazing feedback that we had for the um, podcast with uh, Nikki from Scotty's Little Soldiers last week it's great that uh, a lot of you are becoming aware of that now and I can know that some of you have uh, mentioned the fundraising challenges that you are looking to undertake for that uh, and that's going to be amazing I'm really really pleased that um, that you know we managed to get that message out there. Um, this week I'm speaking to Darren Wilson. So Darren is um, set up a project called uh, Project Great Britain. Um, he's ex forces uh, came out and you know as a lot of us have done, I've, I've lost that excitement and, and that purpose. Uh, and this is now his purpose. He's working with a charity called um, the Project Belief Foundation, uh, which we will talk about in this. So within this podcast, we, we talk about um, the challenges that, that he's um, attempting so far what he's learned from them um, we also talk about a lot about uh, the Marathon de Sabla which he has completed and um, yeah some big challenges that he's got coming up over the next uh, few years uh, along with the spine race which we may be completing round about the same time in 2024 but we're going to have a, a catch up on that no doubt so without further ado I'm going to leave you with my chat with Darren Wilson <laughs> Welcome to the Alleycast, Darren Wilson. Um, I, I became um, aware of you through through Project Great Britain, which we'll we'll, we'll talk about. Um, do you want to give a little bit of background, Pass? Because you, you're ex-military as well, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Yeah, so um, I joined the military when I was about 18 year old. Uh, local regiment, King's Own Royal Border Regiment. So I'm, I'm from uh, up in Cumbria. I was in there for eight years. Did all sorts, travelled everywhere. Um, was into my fitness then, but not as much as uh, I probably am now, mm. um, I think I've uh, just grown with, uh, and like yourself, found the ultra world a little bit later in life, mm. uh, to find that challenge after leaving the army, because it was something I missed, there's always a challenge in the military, isn't there, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, it was sort of finding something that gave me that challenge when I left, when I left the military, so I left um, in 2008, spent about eight years. Uh, uh, within the military, um, like I say, doing all sorts of different different things and going everywhere. Yeah. How, how did you find your transition out of the military into civilian life? Um, okay, at first it was like being on leave a long time. Then I realised, oh, hang on, I'm not going back here. Yeah. Um, so I felt a little bit a little bit lost, if you like. Yeah. Um, so it was quite quite hard, um, you know, with everyone around you in the military. Um, they're all the same, um, so you have that sort of background where you can, you know, go along with your mates and you can go out for a run or you get up in the morning. You do it. There's always a routine. Yeah. 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 So yeah, coming back out, coming out the out the military, like I say, after several months, it started getting a little bit more difficult. And um, what um, career path did you follow when you come out of the military? Uh, so I went into the fitness industry. So I started. I uh, I left the army, qualified as a as a personal trainer. Okay. 
Yeah. Um, so uh, I took up personal training um, uh, in Peterborough, where I worked in a fitness first and started slowly building my client base there, um, and just training people to you know what what they wanted to achieve, achieve and their goals. Uh, so yeah, I went, uh, and after that it was um, it, it progressed quite quickly. So I got a lot of clients. I decided after it was only less than a year, I think it was. Um, I decided to open my own gym. Um, okay. Right. So just just round the corner from uh, the Fitness First gym, yeah. where I was, um, and took a lot of the clients with me. Oh. Uh, they come with me to to carry on training. So yeah, and then it developed. Uh, I had uh, I had my own gym and uh, started to train people, uh, doing lots of different uh, personal training and doing some military fitness exercises that I used to hold at a local park as well. How did you find Fitness First? Because I worked at Fitness First when I first came out of the military. I was on the, I went into, um, I was on the sales team at Fitness First. Um, right. And yeah. I've got to say, it was, I absolutely loved it where I worked. It was, it was a bit sort of yeah. party central. Was it, yeah. was your gym a bit like that or? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I generally, I didn't have a lot to do with the sales team. I did, did get involved. They give us, um, obviously, people to call. So what, what I used to do is get a phone list off them and any, anyone's birthday it was coming up yeah, off for yeah, a yeah. sort of session 30 minutes but no i loved it it was it was brilliant um um the staff were great you know people were great and like i say my my business grew very quickly yeah yeah because i yeah, i came out and I, I did the usual stuff when i first came out the forces and a bit of security guard work which i lasted a week yeah. and saw the guy i saw a guy basically get his, his Security will get his face filled in over a ham sandwich in Marks and Spencer's yeah, yeah. in Liverpool. I thought that that ain't for me. Um, and then yeah, HGV driving, and then went, went into sales for a little bit. But yeah, Fitness First was really good. It was it was sort of lots of lots of after hours parties and things when yeah, I was yeah. in. But yeah, it was great. So yeah, so you started up your own gym, and yeah, you still you running that gym, or, or did, did did you move on from that? No, I moved on. Uh, moved on from that. Uh, I had that for about two years, uh, and then decided to to come out of that. Um, like I said, that gym was in Peterborough. I'm from Kendal, yeah. Um, so I did uh, eventually um, close that up and move back up to <laughs> to Kendal, mm. uh, and this was due to some family issues. Yeah. Uh, well, my, my marriage breaking down, and then decided uh, it was time to to give that up and uh, and move back up to Kendall and see what I could do there really okay so obviously I mean you, you say so you've got the physical side of the the, the forces and um, which you know you don't tend to get you know those sort of challenges outside and, and you decided you want to bring those challenges back into your own life and develop them yourself so how, how did that start and where did you start yeah so I mean it's like when you're in any industry I think I found myself training others but not training myself yeah yeah um so when i came back to kendall because it's a small town there was many gyms i could i couldn't sort of de- develop or open a gym and i knew it would be tricky mm. um so i completely changed my career path of um i just bought myself a van and started doing some gardening okay um, and that's that's really where i started sort of feeling the pressure of leaving the military mm. uh, life becoming a little bit more mundane if you like um so i needed to find something to fulfill that gap yeah um and i always remember uh back in my military days lads talking about 
a particular race that um, really sort of intrigued me. Mm. And it was um, the MDS, which was uh, obviously uh, ran in the Sahara Desert yep. over seven days. Yep. Uh, sort of like a multi-day race, which is uh, known as a Marathon Disabler. And that's um, that got stuck in my head. Yeah, yeah. I thought, you know, I, I, want, I, want, I want to have a go at this. So, did, did you have a go at that, yeah? I did. Yeah, I got there. I got there. Yeah, so I, I gradually built up my training from there uh, and then entered it and it just became a bit real then. So I had to really start training. Mm. Uh, and then I, I was looking into the ways of training and doing different things and that got me into the, the ultra running really because mm. um, from that I thought, well, I need to think about some races, what can I do? Um, uh, I entered the Lakeland 50 yep. up here in the Lake District, which is a popular race. Um, and I decided to run that because it was a 50 mile race. Um, that was the longest day on uh, on the Marathon de Sable. So I thought, well, if I can finish that, carrying the kit that I'll be carrying on the MDS, I think I've got a good shot at it. I can, I can complete this. So uh, yeah, I just... Uh, uh-huh entered the the Lakeland 50 put seven kilograms in a pack and and uh, yeah completed that so that was my first ultra and that was in 2015 so as your first ultra what did you find your biggest challenge in in, in that was it the physical side was it the mental side or um at first it, it was probably the physical side I, I've got quite a strong mental side mm. if you like um where I can sort of keep pushing through um but I'd never experienced pain of pushing through 50 miles. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'd done a lot of tabbing and fast tabbing and stuff in, in the military and runs, but they were never sort of 50 miles. Yeah. Um, so it's being able to, to keep your mind occupied where you can, you know, you can keep going, but mainly physical. Um, but I remember the race quite well, and it was only sort of like, I remember the last descent, and I came down the last descent, and it was quite tough on the quads. I could feel it, and I was I kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And my, my brain was just in 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 go mode. Yeah. I remember coming down onto the road, and the finish line was in a school just slightly off to the right, and I just kept going. I went past the school. The because <laughs> it's just I was just focused so much and just running. Uh, yeah, so I had to turn around slightly and, and come back in to finish it. But yeah, that was my first ultra. Really enjoyed it. Really great race. Yeah, yeah. And did you do any more ultras, or was it straight into the MDS after that? <clears throat> um, no, I, I heard about another race, which, which is, uh, was called the <laughs> Druids Challenge. Yeah. Uh, so it's running the Ridgeway, Ridgeway yep. down in Buckingham, Buckinghamshire, and. They said, oh, well, this race is sort of aimed as a mini MDS to train you. It's over three days. Okay. It covers about 81 miles over three days. So you're doing a r- roughly about 28 miles a day. Yeah. Um, multi, multi-day multi race. Uh, you stop in like a school hall. You get fed. Great race again. Uh, so I entered that. And uh, that was... Um, it, it was completely different, again, because you have to sort of get up in the morning... Yeah, but you should yeah. go out. That's it, and go out and do another day um, out on the trails, and then again for three days in a row. Uh, again, that was my um, sort of last race before I would do MDS. The rest of it was just training 
up in the fells around the Lake District. How do you train for the MDS though in the UK? Because if, you know it's not unless you're sort of running around the coast on the sand, you're, you're not sort of going to get that. And, and obviously the heat as well. I mean, I've, you know, I've heard stories of people in treadmills in in saunas and stuff like that. But what did you do for the MDS? Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Was oh, well, this is on sand. I can run, can run miles on on you know on the road or up the fells. But being in the sand, it, it's like anyone can imagine. You put one step forwards and you're just slipping down mm. all the way in the sand. So uh, we went to sort of like a a talk, a convention down in in um, in London. It was uh, obviously for the MDS to talk about. They had different speakers. And there was a, a guy called Danny Kendall, who was um, then uh, the fastest uh, uh, Brit to complete the MDS. Okay. And he gave, a, he gave a talk and I remember him saying, you can run all day, you know, around and around on, on concrete, if you like, on the roads. He said, but it's just not beneficial for, for training for the MDS. But he did say, I understand that we don't all have sand or we can't get to it. Yeah. So he said that the best way to do it is find some muddy trails and it gives you the same sort of simulation on the feet okay. right. and on the on the muscles. Uh, so, I, like I say, I live in Kendall and up here just behind me um, is Kendall Castle. Mm. And it just gets really boggy around there. And one of my training run, runs was um, running, it's a, it's a mile loop around the castle. And I just ran 18 times around it and did about 18 miles in the mud and it was slippy. It was, and that really trained me for as close as I can to getting to run in the sand and obviously as well running up the fells to get that power uh, as well during the winter. It, again, it's boggy and that up there anyway. So, mm. yeah, just getting off the road as much as I can onto muddy, sticky trails. So tell us about the MDS itself, because obviously that that is you've got to be right on top of your admin there, haven't you, every night? And I think you know the guys who the guys who are getting the fast times, they've got more time to prepare for the next day. And you know if you're yeah. if you come in knackered from from a long day, you've got less time to prepare to go out. So it's yeah, it's it, it's it's hard whether you're a, a whippet or whether you're, whether you're slow, aren't you? Just in a different way. Yeah, it is. I mean, I take my hat off to these. I mean, I, I saw people coming in uh, the next day or you know, past midnight and they've been on the feet in the heat all day and it got up to about 51 degrees, wow, yeah. you know, it, you know, that it's, it's a, it was hot. It was hot. Um, and I think for myself, I didn't know what I could do. Mm. I didn't know what I was going to, you know, achieve in the, in the heat. Um, I, I trained for it. I, I, you know, I, I Googled a lot of stuff. I got advice off a lot of people. Mm of actually how long do you need to acclimatize you know because i couldn't go out there mm. um, i couldn't afford it at the time to to go out there any early or do anything or run or go out to train anywhere in the heat so i actually got a sponsor off a local gym here in kendall and he allowed me to put a big um like uh, tent up in the gym and we taped it all down to seal it all up put a treadmill in it and just put loads of like Halogen heaters in there to heat it up. We just yeah, through throwing all these heaters in there, and I managed to get that up to. I slowly increased, so I didn't go in straight away. I just mm. slowly increased it over a ten-day period, um, and I got it up to about forty-eight. Right, okay. so it was hot in there, and I wouldn't do long runs on there, but I'd test my pack 
practice obviously once you start sweating and stuff mm. things can rub a little bit more so I did a couple of runs with my pack and uh, uh, without as well and just getting used to running in the heat and controlling the heart rate so when I actually went out there the first day um, was what they call the dunes day mm. um, it was over about 21 miles so it was a shorter day um, but um, it was uh, very, very dunes, lots of dunes, lots of stand. Um, did quite well on that first day, um, surprisingly quite well, uh, finishing about 70th okay. um, yeah. uh, on, on that first day. Um, there was a sandstorm coming in for the last few miles and it was really picking up. And when I finished that day, uh, we we all lived in like bivouacs, eight man bivouacs, and the guys were struggling to keep them up because of this sandstorm. So when I got back, I had no bivouac to get into, so I was just laying in the sun uh, on the sand. And I, yeah, I remember throwing up as well on that first day because I was pushing that. I didn't realise I was pushing that hard, but I felt pretty good. Mm. I got in about two o'clock in the afternoon, which gave me, like you say, plenty of time yeah. to recover. Uh, when we were setting off at sort of seven o'clock the next morning and I was just watching people come in um, late at night but that this next day great day you know next few days good days and then it came to the long day which was uh, the fourth day which was about 54 miles okay. um, great again going into the night um, that was the first day I experienced going through really tough heat mm. and uh, flat even the flat stuff uh, just running on the salt the salt beds and you can just see the finish in the distance and it's just never getting any closer yeah, yeah. so you're just seeing these little lights as you're going in because it's the only day I was out you know while it was dark um, and I think I got about in about 10 o'clock that night but still plenty of a good night's sleep got in got something to eat uh, and then got my head down and uh, up again for what was the marathon day the next day yeah, so it, it was a great experience. Um, I felt that uh, I prepared really well for it. Um, and probably one of my runs that I got training pretty much, good, you know, right for yeah, yeah, yeah. me. Um, yeah, because it, it felt good. I was in, uh, you know, I was I was tired. I was shattered at the end of it, but absolutely brilliant race. And yeah, um, did pretty well in it, really. Okay, so when you when you come back off that, I mean, you know, I've done sort of big events, and um, I I really really suffer with that um, post event sort of downer. <laughs> come back and like Christ, what's next? Yeah. So I've always got yeah. to have something planned to do next. What what was your plan when you come back from the MDS? Then did you did you relax for a bit, or did you think right, what's the next big thing? Yeah, see, the thing is, there wasn't any plan. I just wanted to do this race. Yeah, yeah. There wasn't any plan, but when I'd finished it, that's it. It was it was in my head. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like. You know, like, and it, it just hits you that you think, oh, actually, I really, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, what am I you capable know, of now? Yeah. yeah. What What can we do next? Yeah, Is there yeah. something else I can look at? And that's that's really where Project Great Britain started. Okay. Um. So I thought, well, what if I commit? Because because MDS is a multi stage, so you get that time to rest. It. So I thought, well, what what can I? What's the next thing? Because people were saying this is the toughest um, race on earth, the MDS, and yes, it's really tough. Until I took on the three peaks, <laughs> and it was ah, oh, it was yeah. I, I just thought I can I can do this. You know, I've done the MDS. I can I can do this now because that's going to be the toughest race. 
Let's talk um, about your three uh, peaks, though, because it's not it's not the traditional jump in a minibus and head off to the next peak. No, right? no, no. <laughs> no. So running the whole length, yeah. Obviously, starting in Scotland, um, up Ben Nevis, uh, onto the West Highland Way, and then because the first time I did it, I, I tried to do it all by trail, mm. and so picking up each trail. The second time um, was uh, on road as much as I could could to try and. Uh, you know keep the pace up a little bit more um so yeah once you 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 run down the west highland way and then you make your way to the lake district uh up scarfell pike and then obviously running all the way down to uh, wales uh up snowden and finishing at the bottom there um obviously it was tough and i didn't know i thought okay how am i gonna approach it so i decided i want to get about 50 miles a day uh, and then take a rest uh sleep through the night get up do another 50 and just keep doing that till then was the record of just over 10 days okay. so yeah. i was trying to, to you know to, to to hit that sort of 10 10 day uh mark really on that and yeah i found it tough things went wrong um so it, it pretty pretty much got me um and my run finished at uh, the Langdales just after Scarfell Pike okay. on that yeah. on that time. Okay, uh, but you gave it another go. I did. I, I gave it another go. So yeah, the first time was um, my my calves and my lower legs just went rock hard, mm. and just to the point I couldn't even move my feet to run. So I was just walking at a really slow pace. So. Um, yeah, my team at the time that that I was with, because um, uh, I was running for sick, and uh, we decided that it needed to be stopped because I just wasn't moving fast enough, and it could damage me long term. Right. Um, so uh, we decided to to stop it. Um, went back again, second second approach. Everything was great. Uh, no no calves were swelling up. Not nothing. However, the second time, um, it came in a different way um i don't know whether it is down to the shoes or i just don't know but i, I started getting a small blister on the bottom of my foot which then altered my gait a lot and um i started getting a lot of pain up one side of my left leg into my hips um but i got a little bit further this time uh, so i managed to make it to windermere and i was on the record time which now is seven days Mm. Uh, so unfortunately yes it stopped again um uh, in windermere uh I, again just couldn't couldn't move quick enough to keep up with it so i've decided yeah okay we'll knock it on the head and uh think about it you know another time to to have another go at right. that as well that's actually turned into an organized race now hasn't it i didn't see last year it was some sort of, there was quite a few participants in that isn't that where the record came from as well yeah so it, it's a funny one this because there's two records yeah. uh, for it um, so actually yes it was a one-off event um, held uh, last year mm. which in fact I've talked with the, the guy that holds the record he lives here in Kendall right. as well yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so he did it in eight days 24 minutes I think it eight days 24 hours okay um 
and uh, yeah, it, he completed that within that time and holds sort of the run record. Yeah. Uh, but there's also, it's a strange one because I, I believe it's on foot, it's on foot. But there's also a walk record, okay. which is faster than the run record. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, right. And this was done by Anne Sayer back in, I think, 1981, 1982. Right. And she managed to walk it and only do. Um, have a few hours sleep within the whole seven days she completed it so she started off um in scotland at sea level mm. finished at sea level in in wales okay so just a little bit longer but managed to do it in seven days wow again which is the the, the walk record so to me that's the actual record yeah i think is to be beaten and a lot of runners would say it is achievable yeah yeah uh, you get a good ultra runner and I'm sure it can be it can be done um so yeah that's if I'm going to do it um that's the sort of thing that I'd be be looking to to achieve so you can actually get one of the records if you're going for uh Anne Sayers record um the other one can be broken as well right okay cool <laughs> so what what other challenges were included within Project Great Britain um what you mean on sort of the challenge while yeah, I was doing Yeah, other sort of Great British runs that you were maybe sort of looking at doing, but were they part of Project Great Britain or were they just, just other things, yeah. you know, the rounds and things? Yeah, so, I mean, it started off, when I started Project Great Britain, it was it was all about three peaks. Okay. But now, uh, obviously expanding this into just challenging myself to do lots of different things like iconic runs, uh, runs that are known to try and complete them and see how much you know I can and put in to, to do it and hmm. um, so for me um, I think okay so I need to, a little bit more endurance to maybe complete the three peaks hmm. so I signed up to do the spine race as well okay um, which is is uh, running the summer now there's the, the, the summer yeah. spine is yeah so I decided right well I'll have a go at that if I can you know do well on that and then on the back end of that, I can I can uh, do the three peaks challenge again. Okay, have you done have you done that yet, or is that this year that you're doing that one? Yeah, it, I had, I've had a really bad year. This <laughs> do, do you know what? I've spoke to three or four people already in the podcast, and I had the worst year. I, the training just went yeah. shit last year. I did nothing really. I had big yeah. plans and did nothing, and everybody was the same. And I think it was just fatigue after all the yeah. crap we've been through over COVID and and, and things. But um, I was. January last year, I was supposed to be doing the Spine Challenge in North. I was all signed up for it. I'd, I'd done the Spine yeah. Sprint the year before, and I thought, Spine yeah. Challenge in North now. And I got to beginning of December, and I thought, I'm going to die because I haven't done the training here. I'm, Mountain Rescue going to be picking me up, so, so I pulled out. So I'm back on that sort of trail again now. But yeah, I mean, carry on. But I think, I think everybody last year was pretty much a write-off. Yeah, I mean... It, it, it's, it swings and roundabouts, especially you're going into, you know, ultra running. You just, you can feel great going mm. into it and you just don't know it's, you know, things can go wrong. Mm. Uh, and it's not, you know, wherever you are, whether you're, you're an elite, whether you're a front runner, mid pack, at the rear, whatever, you know, things can, you know, go badly wrong. I know um, Dan Lawson, uh, mm. you know, he did um, Land's End to John O'Groats. Yeah. Yeah. First time it went wrong, things started going, you know, they just didn't go right for him. Second time, you know, he boshed it, he did, yeah. he did it and finished it. 
And then he did have a go at doing the three peaks. He has had a go at that. And um, he got up Ben Nevis, started going down the West Island way and blew up, yeah. uh, you know, you know, but I believe now that probably, I think, I've not heard nothing yet, but I, I believe maybe Dan's gone away and, you know, strengthening, strengthening mm. his legs up to be able to, to take that on as well. So I've got him probably wanting to have a go at that record. <laughs> as well. so, and he's a great ultra runner, you know, yeah, he's got he a lot is, of yeah. experience and, you know, so things can go wrong for, for whatever level you're at. And I think it's just maybe adjusting your training. And that's what I've been looking at to adjust my training and maybe slow things down a little bit. Think about a lot of Z2 training rather than running everything at Z3 and yeah. just, just slowing it down a little bit and to getting more endurance behind me and a bit more strength and being out on the fells doing more adventure stuff yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and enjoying it and then maybe going back, well, yeah, going back and having another go at yeah, these things. On, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the spine's definitely on the list. Um, I mean, yeah, going back to, to the spine. So, yeah, I entered the spine with an injury um obviously a lot of money to enter something like this and a lot of you know time and training mm. to uh to enter something like that as well so it felt better uh so i thought right well i'm just gonna see how it goes uh so this was training ready to take on project great britain again and what went wrong was stupidly i decided i wanted to get a shoe that had a wider toe gap uh, okay. in the front so um, I had a lot more room for swelling because that's what you know it, it was happening a lot of swelling on you know so I wanted to counteract that uh, so I went for a shoe but it was a zero drop and I'm used to running in more eight or ten yeah and that's just what what I chose that's what I ran the MDS in and it was fine and uh, I think maybe the sand and you know it wasn't as and because it was a multi-day on the MDS, I wasn't getting as much swelling, even though the heat was swelling my feet a bit. Uh, but on this, uh, I found that there was a lot more swelling. So I was looking for that shoe and yeah, went to a zero drop. Went out training and tore my calf. Um, and I didn't realize at first and I kept, you know, took a bit of time off, it healed, went out in him again, tore it again. And I just didn't click. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then only just about a week before I went on the, the spine race, the summer spine, I realised, I thought, hey, flipping heck, it's the shoes. <laughs> you know, and it was yeah. just going out and out in them. And so I just, I got back into my, the, you know, the 10 mil drop trainer um, and then got onto the spine and it was, it was healing, but it was still niggling a little bit and just coming up over Penny Kent, um, just coming up to sort of a hundred miles. I felt it go and then it just got worse and worse and yeah, I had to stop um yeah, just after the after Penny again and that was my race over about hundred miles in. Right. Um I was up in twelfth position at the time. Right. Okay. So yeah, I felt strong, but yeah, the injury got me, <clears throat> unfortunately. Plan to have another go? Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> you can't it, it's in it's in your head, in it, all that you know, you think adjustment and getting the, the right footwear and you know yeah it, i think i can achieve mm. a result on it and uh yeah i definitely want to go back and 
yeah, tracky, I think, yeah. I, I think as well because the, the spine was something that was always in the back of my mind about doing it. I thought there's no way I could ever do that. And then I signed up for say the, the very first spine sprint, uh, and I did that, and I loved it, and I loved the community, and I loved the whole sort of spine spine race thing. And I thought that that's it. it it's got to be, it's got to be a gradual ladder now. It's got to be the sprint. It's got to be the challenge, and then it's got to be the, the the full one. So yeah, that's that's my goal now is for full spine summer twenty four. But um, I know yeah. the the entries open on Monday for next year's winter, so I'm gonna get on the challenge next winter and, and, and smash that yeah. out, and then that that'll be good training yeah. for that. But yeah, I think there's there's something about the spine race, and I think all the volunteers and the atmosphere around it, um, and just you know, even even only sort of fifteen twenty miles in when you're just up there on the top of Bleaklow and there's not another soul yeah. around, it's it's just yeah, it's just an amazing feeling up there, and I love it, love that. Yeah, right. So just just touching on what, just what you said there about. Yeah, I can't say enough about the staff on the spine. I think it's one of the races that I've been on. And I remember coming into Checkpoint, can't remember which one it was. Um, and not only I got there, you know, the staff were there with my bag. Yeah. They take you straight into the room, they get you something to eat. They're, they're absolutely on the ball, you know, they're looking after you. Um, you know, you don't even have to think about, because no. I thought when I was coming into the Checkpoint, I'm going to have to search for my bag and, you know, it's going to be in a pile, but he was just there waiting with it on his shoulder, and you know, took me in, sat me down, got me food, and it was just absolutely, you know, brilliant by the staff, how they how they look after you, how they encourage you, and the medical staff that were, you know, they were just absolutely yeah, on the ball. So, yeah, it's definitely a race that I want to go back and, uh, you know, and conquer really and, and really finish strongly. So you're doing all these events as well to raise money for for veterans charities as well, aren't you? So which charities in particular are you supporting? Yeah, well, this is another story, Go really. On. <laughs> Go <laughs> on, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I started off with Help for Heroes, um, <clears throat> and raised some money for them. Uh, different charities. The MDS actually started off with a, a children's charity, mm. um, and then. An, Obviously, with my background, I went sort of the, the military veterans charities. So started off with Help for Heroes, but yeah, the story coming now is is another charity that I've just started. Um, it's just started, really. It's a new charity, so it's called Project Belief. Okay. And it's something I'm looking. It, it's actually uh, from a an ex army friend. Yeah. Who started this charity up? He's called Mark Hardin. Uh, so I served with Mark um, uh, for a long time in the military, quite a few years. And Mark started this charity. Um, his story is phenomenal, really, absolutely. Um, in Afghanistan, I think it was 2010, he was uh, he was injured and shot by a sniper um, in the neck and was told he'd never walk again. Mm. Um, uh, he made an extraordinary combated Mark and proved doctors wrong um, and got back on his feet and started doing a long, long different walks uh, himself. Uh, he walked to the top of Skidor. This is a guy, you know, that mm. told he'd never yeah. walk again, yeah. you know, to the top of a mountain. Uh, recently set off from Cumbria and walked all the way down to London. Wow. So well over 200 miles. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's just currently getting this charity uh, registered. Uh, so I'm going to be working uh, to raise money uh, for him 
and his charity and obviously this is supporting veterans um to just you know because when you come out of the military even though you can be injured it's not just a physical injury mm. sometimes it can be a mental injury mm. or the miss of, of that challenge that you had in the forces um like myself i think it is missed um you know every day really um so he uh raises money to take uh veterans whether it's physical or mental injuries uh, and uh, you know bonds them together with doing different activities mm. uh, so they might go skydiving they might you know the challenges that are challenging for whatever injury you've got mm. um you know everyone likes to sort of have that challenge uh, you know to focus on uh, so yeah it's an amazing charity he's doing absolutely amazing work and if i can say to anyone just have a look at his uh, website uh, on facebook and uh, instagram uh, yeah project belief um he, he's doing some fantastic work so yeah I, i'm going to be working alongside him now to try and raise as much money as we can brilliant yeah i'll uh, i'll share the details i'll find the details and i'll share them in the in the show notes on this on, on the facebook page because that, that sounds amazing what sort of things are you looking to work with them on are you looking at sort of taking veterans out on on sort of physical challenges yourself or or just as a, as a fundraising ambassador yeah so more of a yeah fundraising ambassador so anything yeah. could do um that's the, the charity i'll be putting money mm. into you know it, it's yeah it's definitely something it's always been sort of close me out but now obviously we've having a good friend that's starting his own charity up yeah. i just find it the right thing to to do uh you know to to raise money for you know a friend that's really been through it and uh you know he's, he's, a, he's a guy that never likes sort of you know to point out his uh his his disability if you like he's got a strong head and just wants to do it for other people and i find that uh, you know absolutely fantastic so i'm there to support him in every way really definitely yeah i'll um so i'll look him up and, and have a chat with him myself i think and, and get him on it's always good to sort of, i think there's a lot of the obviously we've had the health heroes royal british legion all the great work and all that but i think looking at the the smaller military charities now um there's, there's some amazing work going on let's say project belief pilgrim bandits um all, all those sort of guys are all yeah they're all sort of really focused aren't they and on, on all in it for the right reasons so yeah i'll, I'll definitely look him up what, what what sort of physical plans have you got challenges have you got sort of lined up for yourself now have you got any plans or are you just winging it <laughs> <laughs> no no I, I have i've got actually this year it's it's for me it's about building the endurance like i say you know being out there long days but enjoying my running more trying to keep it a more low heart rate level yeah um so this 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 season is um i have got, yeah, i've got the bob graham in in may cool yeah um so i'm running that with my brother-in-law um so we're going to take that uh, there's a couple of dates we've we've set uh set up for in, in may um are you so, going for an official challenge on that are you or just a just a, a yeah a, a personal yeah project? yeah cool yeah, yeah official challenge so ch yeah we're going to try this is again uh, we'll go for the the, the 24 hours uh obviously to to compete to get you know be that to try and get into the bob graham um my brother-in-law's not a runner though he's okay. a biker <laughs> so it's the first ultra for him and it's a tough one to choose yeah definitely. So, you know but he's 
he wants to do it. He wants the challenge, and I can completely understand that. Um, so, yeah, and it's something that's been I've wanted to do it for a long time, but mm. trying to pluck up the courage to do it really. Um, and it's such an iconic run uh, around the Lake District and you know around Cumbria, uh, especially with um, you know likes of Killian and and Jack now yeah, coming, yeah. To, you know, have a have a go at it and. Um, yeah, so it, it, it's it's one I just want to get uh, get in there and get get it done and, and have a go at it. Yeah, um, yeah the build up to it is um, I've set my own sort of uh, adventure run, which is not going to be any sort of um, FKT or going for it. It's about just getting round and getting the in the miles into the legs. Mm. Um, but I thought, well, what can I set up for myself that's not going to cause me to fly anywhere that's not going to cause me to to you know too much travel and, and time so i live in the late district so there's plenty i can pick out so i decided to do uh, which i'll be going for in uh, beginning of april is to to complete and run the far eastern fells okay. yep. yeah all right so the, the, that block of the far eastern fells which is about 36 peaks in that uh, I think about 20 20,000 foot climb right okay. uh, yeah. Uh, yeah that'll be a challenge as well so complete that in April hopefully. yeah it's a tough old area that isn't it people <laughs> it's not it's not that well visited but it is it is quite a tough old tough old stomping ground around there so I'm up in um I think it's May May this year um there's an event called weekend nine which is run by a uh, company which uh, Saber Twenty Three, but I think that's all over the Howgill Fells and all sort of around there. So that's going to be going to be going to be interesting, I think. Um, but yeah, that'll be good. Brilliant, Dan. Look, um, it's been great to speak to you, mate. Um, any of your events that you you have coming up that you want me to publicise, especially with sort of project belief and what have you, just get in touch and I'll do that. Um, but yeah, brilliant to speak to you. I wish you all the best of luck on your on your new projects. Um, and like I think, like you said there as well about you know having the courage to take these on. It's having the courage to take events on, knowing that you might not finish them, isn't it? Um, <laughs> because yeah, yeah, no, because that's that, that's for with me. I, you know, in the past, I always took events on that was like, yeah, I'll do on that ten k because I'm going to finish it. But now it's like, I really want to take events on that I, I, I'm not sure I can do. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but yeah, brilliant. Look, like I say, yeah, thanks, yeah. thanks very much, mate. I'll. Um, um, yeah. uh, it's been great speaking to you. Thanks for giving up your time. And uh, good luck with uh, the rest of the project, Great Britain, and the uh, and, and all the charity work that you do. Cheers, mate. Yes, thanks. Thanks, thanks No. Perfect. Cheers, mate. That's great. Um, I'll get this out. Uh, it's probably going to be sort of first weekend in March, something like that. But I'll drop you a message once I put it all together. Mm. Got a few, but yeah, but yeah, like like I say, anything you want me to sort of publicise, drop it in. I'll get it on the page and I'll we'll, uh, put it out on the podcast because as well as these uh, interview podcasts as well, what do we do? Um, I do a podcast every couple of weeks now where there's there's me and my co-host to sort of chat about events and chat about things going on. So always happy to sort of publicise stuff as well. That's brilliant. Excellent. Yeah. Well, Cheers, when did you say? Oh, excuse me. Okay. When did you say you're doing Spain? So yeah, I've signed up for the sprint again this summer um, to, to get to get that sort of under my feet. I'm going to sign up for the Challenger. The, the entry's open at six o'clock. Uh, sorry, midday on Monday. So I'll be on the computer midday on Monday waiting. So that'll be the challenge in next winter, and then I want to sign up for the full spine in summer twenty four, summer summer twenty twenty four. So next year, basically, 
is when I want yeah. to do that. So uh, who knows? Maybe I'll see you at one of the checkpoints so we can cheer a lasagna. <laughs> I think I think twenty four is when I'm planning to do it. So. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I thought I'd give a go with the um, you know I, I'll give a go with the the full spine in the summer first of all, which has its own challenges, yeah. doesn't it? Uh, but then yeah, I think you know th- there's so many different events now within the spine that um, yeah the, the winter one's gotta gotta be given a go and. I think you know, especially a couple of weeks ago, dot watching and seeing how exciting it was this year and that. So yeah, I've got to give it a go. Yeah, it is. It's a great. It's a great race, and uh, yeah, I think twenty four is when I'll be going going back and then probably again going for the uh, three peaks just after. So okay, brilliant. That's, that's yeah. It's a little note <laughs> probably for them. So all right, cheers, yeah. Darren. Um, great to speak to you, right. and I'll uh, I'll, um, I'll I'll drop you a message soon. All right, cheers, buddy. Cheers, see. Bye. Great chat to Darren there. Um, obviously, a lot going on there and a lot of plans uh, for future events. Also, uh, you can find Darren on Facebook if you search for Project Great Britain and also for the uh, Project Belief Foundation as well, which is the charity that he is supporting. If you go to his Facebook page as well, there's lots of great sort of training videos on there and, and showing you different routes and showing you how he's getting on with his training on the Bob Graham round. So certainly get a cross there. So the next episode uh, is going to be uh, with Ian. It's going to be one of our RV episodes, and that'll be out in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, thank you very much for listening today, and I look forward to seeing you all at event soon. In the meantime, remember, always a little further. We stand together, united as one. Forward on we go, facing friend and foe. We will know what it is. We have not time for that. If we make mistakes, we are lost. <laughs>